Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Jocelyn Herman Saccio, who is a master coach in the art of being unmessable with. With more than 30 years of experience, having coached more than 200,000 people, She's an author, entrepreneur, former number one pop star. Yes, really, she was a pop star, founder of a nonprofit, wife and mother of three. And she has a passion for empowering people to realize their dreams now versus someday and develop themselves as unmessable with no matter what life throws at them. Jocelyn, do you want to add something about yourself? It sounds like a lot. I think, you're, I think we're good. I think we're good on the, on the intro. Okay, great. Well, so you say that it's about living our dreams now versus someday. That sounds obviously very compelling and very, very interesting. What exactly do you mean by that? Well, a lot of people, in fact, almost every person that I've ever worked with, which is a lot of people, kind of fall into this mode of someday I'm going to do this or someday I'm going to do that. And it could be as simple as someday I'll lose 10 pounds or someday I'll start a new company or Someday I'll move to Paris or whatever it is, just fill in the blank for your someday. And people fail to realize that that's a, not a real day. There is no such day as someday. It's not real, but we function as if there is this thing called someday. And if I just said to you right now, I'm taking away someday, there's no someday anymore, what would be right there for you? in terms of acting on your dreams, there'd be a lot of things that would move to the top of the list if all of a sudden you didn't have a someday to resort to. So I work with people because someday is this elusive sort of fantasy to bring the actions that they would take if there were no someday to right now, or at least scheduling those actions, because ultimately this is it. There is no someday. There is no yesterday in reality. There is only right now and right now and right now. And we don't live that way. And a lot of people talk about that, like, oh, living in the present. And it gets very conceptual for people. But action bridges conceptual to reality. So I work with people and coach them to live the life of their dreams, not chase the life of their dreams. Mm. And that's a very fine distinction. Do you think that people also have this famous someday in mind? Because it is somehow a safe place, you know, as, as long as you say, I will do that someday, you don't have fear of failure or rejection and all of that because you haven't started yet, but you will do it someday. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think it, it's a way of getting off the hook for accountability, for action. You don't have to deal with your fears. You don't have to deal with your limiting beliefs. You don't have to confront anything that might stop you from taking actions because you haven't really committed to taking action. I mean, I have so many of these examples in my own life. But for me, back when I was in my early 20s, when I sort of had this breakthrough in fulfilling my dream of being a pop star, as you mentioned it, I had lived for 15 years that you can't do your art as your career. So when people would say to me, well, when are you going to sing? I'd say someday, you know, someday I'll sing. But, you know, I'm may I have to have my job. I have to do this. I have to pay my rent, blah, blah, blah. 
And then all of a sudden I realized there is no someday. And at the same time, I realized that you can't do your art as your career isn't the truth. It's a belief I had that was stopping me from taking action. So I did my own work on myself where I took away someday. I was like, if there was no someday, what actions would I be taking right now? And I started to take actions consistent with being a singer. And within three months, I had a record deal, which would never have happened. And it wasn't like woo-woo mysterious. It wasn't like, you know, all of a sudden I had, a, no, I took actions and I introduced myself as a singer and I recorded a demo and I had a meeting with a record company and I did the things that somebody who was a singer would do, not somebody who was going to be a singer someday would do. And then I ended up with the results that you would have from taking those kind of actions. So it, and I can, I can share with you just a recent dream that I fulfilled on because I, I was leading my own course last year with people talking about, oh, there's no someday, blah, blah. There's no someday. What are your someday dreams? And all of a sudden I realized I had a someday dream that I was going to someday move to Paris. And I've been going to Paris for 40 years. And every year I go a few more times a year and spend more and more time there. But it was like someday we're going to live there. And I came off of the meeting of the course and I turned to my husband. I was like, okay, when are we doing this? By when? By when bridges someday into reality? And we set a date and then we started taking the actions, got the visas, rented the apartment and moved within three months. Hmm. So action now produces results. Hmm. Dream someday produce dreams someday. Yeah, that's exactly true. Do you have the experience that some people literally are able to give up on their dreams because it's so scary for them, the now and this, wow, I have to take, like you said before, ownership and I have to take action now? Well, I, th I think it's worse than that. I hate to say yes, Ulrika, because 98% of people don't fulfill their dreams. They literally die with their dreams intact, which is why I'm on a mission to empower people to live the life of their dreams now, not someday, because it is possible. But the problem is that when something seems impossible, we don't act on it. So if you have a limiting belief, if you have a belief that something isn't doable, why would you take action on it? You wouldn't. If you've tried every diet and you just can't seem to lose weight, now somebody goes, oh, I have this new diet for you. You're not going to act on it because you already know that diets don't work, right? Now, diets don't work is a popular belief. It's just not the truth. Most people don't do diets the way they're designed. That's why they don't work. But when you do something the way it's designed, typically they actually do work. You know, so it's the same thing with anything. I work a lot with entrepreneurs. So, you know, a lot of times the thing that they're saying is some days they'll sell their company or they'll hire a team because they're doing it all themselves. Well, someday I'll have enough work to hire an assistant or whatever, a head of marketing. And I really look with them to dismantle what is the belief in place that stops you from acting? Because if it were all possible, then what would you be acting on? If, if I could live in France, if I could be a pop singer, if I could start my own company, if I could, what would I then do? What would be the next action? And that's a lot of what's stopping people is they're thinking, I can't because. And then they have all their reasons, which you don't really think of a reason as a limiting belief because for you, it looks real. It looks as real as this phone, you know? It's like solid, but it's not. Reasons are malleable 
and you can access how can I through a different thought process, through a different place to think from versus I can't because. So that's actually the source that you're coming from mentally. Yeah. And you already mentioned now two really important tools. The first thing is to imagine there is no someday, first of all. First, yeah, very good, like an access point. Exactly. And the second one, what you said is that, okay, if all was possible, if whatever was possible, what would you do then? Because that removes this barrier of your limiting beliefs. And I think it's a good exercise even to hear your limiting beliefs because we don't know them. Most people don't know them. And then you hear them shouting at you. And what helps is to have somebody who's a coach who can hear them as limiting beliefs because you hear them as the truth. I didn't hear you can't do your art as your career as a limiting belief. That was true. And I had evidence for it. I had a lot of starving artist friends and I didn't want to be one of them. And if you want to discover your limiting beliefs, like be able to uncover them and shine a light on them, all you have to do is look at any dream you have and then make a list of why you don't have that. Why is that not real in your life right now? And you will have a list of reasons and justifications and considerations and fears that are your I can't because. And anything that follows because consider is a limiting belief. And the minute you shift from that space of I can't because to, okay, how can I? How can I have this work? How can I have it all? How can I, you know, empower my employees and increase my profit margins? Whatever it is that you're out to accomplish, how can I have intimacy in my marriage and spend family time with my children? Or whatever people are out to accomplish that seems not doable because it's all accessible. I mean, it's got to take action. It's not magical thinking. You're not going to make a vision board and all of a sudden things are going to happen. You have to do something. But you don't even see the actions when you're in that world of I can't because. You will miss the opportunities because you cannot see them. They're invisible to you because they're totally filtered out by your belief system. Yeah, Yeah, totally. And it's like a blind spot for you. So it's like those horses in Central Park in New York where they have those blinders on their eyes. They can't see everything. They can only see what's right in front of them. And human beings are like that. They can't see everything that's available there only see what fits with their beliefs or their past or their feelings or their thoughts. And those feelings, thoughts, beliefs, and past are not the truth. They're just a possible view. So when you can disappear some of those blind spots, every time you eliminate a blind spot and it shows up as a blind spot, like as a limiting belief or as something that isn't the truth, you create a new access to new actions, which leads to new results. I had to overcome many of these things myself because I'm like health an entrepreneur when you get on your business. Yeah. So it's incredible how much I limited myself. And I think many others do so too. And to start seeing it, I'm, and I'm sure I'm still not through, you know, it's not like that I have the exhaust lift of it. Huh? It's a mountain with no top. I see the next limit. I've been doing this 45 years and I see the next blind spot and the next blind spot, but that's the joy of it. It's like you get to keep going to the whatever the lid is and then popping through that lid and go to the next lid and pop through that lid. And that's the joy of transformation, transformative learning, of self-discovery, of, you know, people who are committed to elevating their performance, not just getting through life status quo. Yeah. And I think it is a totally new light on dreams and how we see dreams because dreams for have different meanings for different people. But let's say the meaning is a dream is a visionary goal that you have. 
And a visionary goal is always great to give yourself direction and all of that. But as you say, if you see it always somewhere in the future, in a, a not really clear point, or even if you say, in three years, I will be there roughly, it's also not precise enough, I guess. Exactly. It isn't. It isn't specific. It isn't measurable. It isn't a by when. But what the work that I do with people is to get people to access not their goal. There's difference between dreams and goals. Goals live in reality like a by when. But dreams, and I call it your dream source, are more a spatial thing. So it's kind of like when you win that Academy Award, what is the thing you want that make, becomes available after you achieve those goals? It's not the goal. It's the space. What is it? Oh, it's self-expression. Okay, self-expression, you don't have to wait till you win an Academy Award to create self-expression right now. So a big way that people can live their dreams now is by identifying what I call their dream source and then bringing that to life versus hoping to get it out of some achievement of a goal someday or even three years from now or three days from now. But how do I bring self-expression to this conversation? How do I bring it when I'm at Starbucks? How do I bring, you know, whatever it is, whether it's joy or impact, how do you bring that to life right now? Because you always can. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a differentiation between being and doing, right? The doing Very is good, goal yeah. and the being is how you want to feel. That's the ultimate, like you call it the space, but this feeling that you have inside of you is the way of being that you have when you have reached that goal, which you can bring into your present. Exactly. That goal. Yeah. Exactly. Because the goal, having the goal is a having, right? So you've got being, you've got doing, and you've got having. Mm -hmm. People think that if they have that goal, then they'll be able to do the things they think they want to do and they'll be able to be happy or be joyful or whatever. But it's really the opposite. Life actually works the opposite. You be, however, you know, like with me, I started being a singer. I didn't have to have a manager. I was being a singer. So then I took the actions that were consistent with being a singer. And then I had the results that were consistent with being a singer. But before that breakthrough, I was literally like, well, I have to have a manager and I have to have enough money in the bank to be able to pursue this dream. And I have to have, you know, a demo that's really good. I mean, it was all about having. And people think that if they have $10 million or if they have $100,000 or if they, whatever, then they'll be able to do the things that make them happy. And then they'll be able to be satisfied. It doesn't work that way. I have worked with multimillionaires. And they have all the money in the world. And it has nothing to do with that space of being, which you can access at any moment, as you say. And I think this is great news. <laughs> it is, right? You spoke about the dream source. And I can imagine that people are pretty curious about what exactly that means. Because you also say that your dream source or discovering your dream source or connecting with it helps you to fuel your action. How do we find this dream source? How do we identify that? Well, you can, a very easy way is just watch my TED Talk, which is on my website and it's free and you can just, or Google it or whatever, you know, to actually do a little bit of a process. But I have two different processes. One goes to the past to see a moment in time when you were little, where you were just free and being, and there was no agenda and you can access your dream source from there where you just see what was the space that was present there. Who were you being then? Or you can go to the future, kind of like I alluded to with goals. So you look at your goals and you say, okay, so if I accomplish that goal, then what would be available that isn't available now? And then if you accomplish that goal. So when I work with an actor, a lot of times they're like, oh, I want to I wanna be in a feature film. Okay, fine. So let's say you booked the feature film. Then what? 
what would be available? Well, well, then I'd have money to be able to really make a difference in communities. I go, okay, so let's say you were making a difference in communities. Then what would be available that isn't available? And I take them as far as I need to take them until you get to a space that touches their heart. That is your reason, your raison d'etre, your vision, your purpose. And it's not a, a tangible goal. It is a spatial thing. So it's like, I just want people to be happy or I just want joy or I just want impact or I, well, whatever it is. And then I coach them on how to bring that to their auditions, not to get the job, but bring self-expression so that everybody in that audition room is left in the space of self-expression out of their audition or everybody at Starbucks when they go to get their coffee or everybody in the Sprint store or whatever interactions you're having during the day with your family, with your colleagues, that you are bringing that space to life rather than hoping to get it out of an accomplishment or goal being realized. Mm -hmm. And by bringing it to life, I would like to know a bit more about that. How to bring this to life? It's actions. What would I say or do? Like sometimes people come up with connection. I just worked with somebody whose dream source ended up being connection, right? And this was this morning. So I said, okay, great. So, and he, and he had dealt with a lot of problems in his business in the last week. So I said, okay, so what actions can you take to create connection with your team at work right now? And he came up with like 20 actions. He could call a staff meeting. He could have one-on-one goal-setting meetings with his team. He could send out an email that acknowledged that he had been disconnected from them and just sort of driving for results, and now he wanted to reset. I mean, there were so many actions that come from a new lens. So if you're looking at how do I bring connection to my marriage right now, you know, your husband just did something or your wife just did something that kind of irritated you and you're in the midst of a reaction, how do you then move over to the space of creation and create connection when you're feeling disconnected, right? So you have to pre-create that space, that dream source space, so that you have a place to go to in those heat of the moment kind of moments and be able to say, okay, I can hold my husband's hand. Even though I might not want to and I might be irritated, I'm going to break through that reaction with my creation called connection. It means, yeah, it means that you take the actions that make you feel also in a specific way, which is your dream source in a certain way. I know people think of it as a feeling, but it really isn't a feeling. It, it is more of a presence of something. The presence of love is very different than the feeling of love, which you can get from chocolate. I mean, they've proven that scientifically. It has the same chemical reaction in your brain. So the feeling of love to me is a cheap fix because you could feel love with a lot of different people, which is probably why there's a big divorce rate, because you end up just following your feelings. The presence of love is something you could create with any human being. And it's not based on feelings. It's based on your creation, which is what I work on with people. That's my main thing, is moving people from reaction to creation so that they can be the, the person who has the say in their life. No matter what's happening, no matter what circumstance you're dealing with, you have a say over your response and who you're being in that circumstance. Even if your husband cheats on you, your mother has a stroke, you lose your job, whatever the circumstance, you have a say over who you be. You don't always have a say over what you have. You have a bad mammogram. Sometimes you have a teenager who come home, comes home drunk or whatever. You have circumstances, but that's not who you are. 
and who you are does not have to be like a leaf in the wind of what you have. You get to say, but it's a muscle and it takes a tremendous amount of discipline and practice, but it's accessible. That's all the work I do is about having people build that muscle of being unmessable with. That's what that means from what I'm talking about is being able to create, not react at any moment. Yeah, as you say, your program is called Be Unmessable With, mm -hmm. the basis of it. Can you explain that a little bit more? I mean, we spoke about it li literally, I think, the past 20 minutes. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. But being a bit more concrete about that one. Yeah, so it doesn't mean being tough because a lot of people hear it as like being tough or not feeling your feelings. That's not what it means. It's literally being able to stand in what you're creating and not get thrown, not get hooked or not get reactivated and move into that survival mode, which most people spend most of their day reacting to things. I mean, even very successful people, in fact, mostly very successful people are great at reacting to things, but that's a very different muscle than creation. Creation is actually a different part of your brain. You know, that whole survival, managing, getting through life part of your brain is all the amygdala. And it's where fight or flight or freeze comes from. And it's where those you know, those hormones start surging and all of that. But the creation part of your brain is in the frontal cortex and you actually shifting your headspace from the back to the front and actively creating what your vision is, what you are out to accomplish with your business, with your marriage, with your family, you being the author of all of that and having the say versus your feelings, your thoughts, your past, all of that having the say where you're just a leaf in the wind of your reactions. So let's say we are seeing that actually there is this difference between the now and someday and someday doesn't exist. And from there you take, you discover your beliefs and you explain very well how we do that. And I think it's a really good and very simple technique to think about your dreams and then see what's coming. You know, why are you not there yet? And there you have it, your list of beliefs that are holding you back from there. Now let's assume we have all that. We have, we have awareness about these things. We have decided for us to take ownership, yeah, which is already a huge step. So we have to take ownership and to really do that now. How can we imagine that in daily life? Do I have to observe myself all day long if I really stick to my or act out of my dream source? Because people will start probably like you go to the gym and you're super enthusiastic the first five days and then you never go back. How yeah. Well, it's, it is like a muscle. So I like how you said, like, it's like the gym. It really is like that. So doing it for a weekend is nice, but it's not going to create anything sustainable. So you have to create opportunities on a daily basis to exercise that muscle. So I have a lot of different ways to do that. One is a gift I want to give your listeners because it's a way to start practicing using that muscle of creation. It's called the Promise Game Challenge. It's a five-day free program, and every day you'll get a new promise that you can practice during the day, which keeps you in that world of creation. So you kind of create like, uh, like an obstacle, not an obstacle course, but like a gym for your word versus your reactions. Life is already set up as a gym for your reactions. You will be reactivated if you do nothing. You know, you will just wake up into that mode. So the whole world of creation requires creating ways to exercise those muscles. So the promise game is a great way to start that. And you can get that at giftfromjoss.com and anybody can go get that and it's free. Then there are, you know, a little bit more advanced ways to develop that over time. So there's my six-week course, the Unmessable 
unmessable with foundation, which is where you develop a foundation for being unmessable with. And you have exercises and workbooks and it takes place over six weeks. And it's very different to do something over five days than six weeks. As you know, at the gym, you're going to get different results if you practice over time. And then I have, you know, three months group coaching. So there's ways. But once you do the foundation, you'll have a lot of the tools that then it's just about discipline and you practicing those things. So you can just do that over and over again to build the muscles. And I also recommend being with a community of people that are in that game with you, even if it's three people in your life that are playing the game of developing that muscle with you. It'll be a lot easier. Just like if you're going to the gym with three people, it's a lot easier to go than if you're doing it on your own because most people will keep their word to someone else before they'll keep their word to themselves, which is something I work on also, which is a whole other boot camp for your word. And that's a very advanced version. But uh, there's so many ways to begin this process and just get a taste of what it makes available. Hmm. What if we can have like two or three different dreams? Can you work on them in parallel? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. It's like, what areas of your life do you have a dream in? And then there's work to do actions every week towards each of those dreams and what messes with you and taking the action. So you bring up to your awareness those things that mess with you. Once you can see them, you have a much better shot at hacking the system. But you first have to see them and you have to be able to see what are the red flags like. How do you know you're being messable with before you go too far down the road? You know, maybe it's your chest gets tight or your face gets red or whatever physical manifestation, symptom, red flag of being there is. Once you catch that, you can create a physical hack to move over to that other headspace. I mean, this sounds, it doesn't sound complicated to me, but it's super simple, but it is not easy because you have so much muscle memory to the other way. So it's like you have to retrain your brain and that takes time. I mean, there's no magic pill, but there's a lot of ways to get started and get a taste of it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's absolutely great news that we can grasp our dreams like that, you know, because normally we feel like our dreams are like dreams and oh, what? legacy someday, this kind of thing. I really love the idea that there's a very strong action-focused message behind that. Yes. Which you can just I do too. And you can, and it, and actions, you can't lie with actions. Actions either happen or they don't. So you're either lying about what you're committed to. You know, you say you want to lose weight, but you keep eating cheesecake. Your actions don't lie. So if you say you want to be a singer or you say you want to start a business, but you're not taking any actions to fulfill on that, then you got to start dealing with, okay, either I don't really want that or I have some limiting belief, thought, feel in the way that seems real, like a solid brick wall that I need to dismantle and disappear, which is all the work that I do is driving it up, dismantling it and setting you up in a reliable access to accessing those actions from your vision, from your dream. Because what else are you going to do? Get through life and survive? Okay, but like there's an option. Yeah, and it's super powerful and it has all to do with empowerment and ownership and just the courage to go there and to take first steps and then you can just actually do it. I like it because many people are action focused, but they yes. don't take the right ones or they still procrastinate and don't know why. And I think your approach is very interesting in that sense to see how you get into action mode while combining it really with your dreams. Yes. Coming from the, the right place inside of you, actually, and not just from something that is coming from the outside. 
or taking random actions. That's when people feel like they're spinning their wheels or they end up getting burnt out or, or overwhelmed. That's a lot from not being connected to the kinds of actions that are actually going to fulfill on what you want. Sounds really compelling. And I'm sure that a lot of people in the audience will think, hmm, that's something interesting that I want to do. Where can they find you? My website is theartofbeingunmessablewith.com. And I got everything there from the free stuff, from my newsletter, from everything to some paid things and even one-on-one -on -one coaching, which has limited space. But at the same time, that's like super deep dive, like a, you know, a year-long thing. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much, Jocelyn, for this wonderful talk. I really enjoyed that. It was fun, and let's leave people empowered. That's the game. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I'm excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.